You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 41, Dealing with Entitlement. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected. This is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hey, hey, mama. How's it going? I am fired up about today's topic. As you know, I work full-time in a school as a K-8 through school counselor, and I'm a life coach for moms like you, and I'm a mom of two daughters, ages 9 and 13. So pretty much all of my waking hours and probably some of my sleeping hours are spent talking with and thinking about moms and kids. And I've noticed a lot of instances lately and had a few personal experiences with today's topic of entitlement. When I started to think more about entitlement in preparation for this episode, I started seeing and hearing examples of it everywhere. (laughs) So Let's start by defining the word entitlement. It's the belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. Someone who's entitled believes that they have a right to certain things, that they deserve privileges or special treatment just because, just because they exist. They don't need to earn it or work for it. The world just owes it to them. Now, I think we all, myself included, experience a sense of entitlement from time to time to a certain degree. When we feel a healthy sense of entitlement, we have the ability to ask for what we want in an assertive way. One example is when you go to a restaurant and you order a burger with fries and they bring you chicken and fries. If you have a healthy sense of entitlement, you understand that you're entitled to get what you pay for. And that mistakes sometimes happen. So you can say in a very polite way, excuse me, this isn't what I ordered. I'd like a burger with fries, please. Now, someone who has a more extreme sense of entitlement may have an attitude of superiority and become angry and demeaning toward the waitstaff because they think I deserve to get what I want without error. (laughs) We all know people like this, don't we? And we hear a lot about entitled kids, kids who are demanding, rule the roost, believe the world revolves around them, and they throw tantrums when things don't go their way. They want what they want when they want it. They don't know when enough is enough. The rules don't apply to them. They always want an exemption, an exception, or a loophole. They will resort to whining, negotiating, begging, pleading, guilt-tripping, arguing and tantruming to get their way. And this kind of attitude and behavior from your own child can leave you feeling taken for granted, devalued, angry and resentful because you tend to have thoughts like, that ungrateful little brat. (laughs) If he only knew how good he has it or how much I do for him, right? We've all been there. And kids aren't born feeling entitled or spoiled. They learn it from well-intentioned parents who don't realize they're teaching it by giving in to their demands. For every kid who acts entitled, there's probably a parent allowing the behavior, 
jumping through hoops to keep him happy, shielding him from the negative consequences of his behavior, overindulging him in privileges and immediate gratification, and believing that they too are entitled to a happy, easy life. If this describes you in any way, and be honest, if this describes you, I have good news and bad news for you. Okay, the bad news is that no one is entitled to a happy, easy life. Of course, that's what everybody wants, but it's not owed to us. Now, the good news is that the painful emotions we're trying to avoid feeling or trying to keep our kids from feeling are a normal, natural part of the human life, and we're actually designed to process pain. Most people think it's normal to feel happy, and then when they don't, it means that something is wrong and there's a problem that needs to be fixed immediately. But pain is inevitable. It's normal, and some pain is necessary. I want to talk about one of the main beliefs parents have that leads to entitlement. Remember the self-coaching model that I've talked about? Our thoughts create our feelings, which cause our actions, which cause our results. A belief is just a thought you keep on thinking. And the belief I want to examine is, my child shouldn't experience pain. Now that sounds like a really pretty thought, right? It sounds true. My child shouldn't experience pain. But when your kids are experiencing pain, which, let me remind you, will be about 50% of the time, when they're scared or angry or disappointed or bored or humiliated or hurting, the thought, my child shouldn't experience pain, causes you to be in tremendous pain. It causes you to panic and think that something's wrong in the world and you need to be in a hurry to resolve it. And as long as you believe that, you're going to go out and buy the latest gadget or gizmo just because everyone else has it. You're going to bring the forgotten homework to school again. You're going to allow every topic and every decision to be open for negotiation. You're going to protect them from all consequences of their actions and orbit your life around them to make sure they're never in pain. And what I want to offer to you is that you don't need to resist the pain. You can just think, oh, this is part of the deal. This is part of the plan, right? This is what it means to be a human being. And it's not that I want my kids to be unhappy. Some of you might be thinking, man, this woman sounds heartless. (laughs) No, it's just that I'm not afraid of negative emotions. I'm not afraid to feel them myself, and I'm not afraid for my kids to feel them. Resisting and avoiding them only strengthens their power. Besides, have you ever noticed how unhappy entitled people tend to be? They're unhappy because they believe they're entitled to happiness. And when you think I'm owed something from the world or from somebody else, you give away all your power to that person to give you what they owe you. This leaves you feeling powerless and like a victim, like you're not able to get whatever it is you think you should have all on your own. Instead of taking action, you passively sit by and expect things to just happen for you. But the truth is, there will be times when you have to do the things you don't want to do so you can eventually live the life you want to live. Part of being an emotional adult 
is enduring discomfort now for the sake of a payoff later. You'll have to endure the discomfort of waking up and going to the gym and lifting heavy weights if you want the long-term payoff of a strong, fit body. You'll have to experience the discomfort of a difficult conversation to have the payoff of a deeper, more intimate relationship. You might have to endure the discomfort of listening to your child whine or cry when they don't get their way to get the payoff of a more responsible, grateful child later on. Our brains want to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and conserve energy. So our primitive brain tells us, go on, you deserve to sleep in. You deserve a glass of wine. You deserve that new pair of shoes. And your child deserves that extra cookie now too. Every time you give in to what your primitive brain wants and you get a reward, you reinforce the idea that you're entitled to those privileges, but you rob yourself of your long-term goals. And that's what happens with our kids too. When we give in to their demands, when we constantly rescue them and overindulge them, we not only reinforce their behavior, we rob them of learning critical life skills such as perseverance, responsibility, motivation, and gratitude. This isn't just something that I believe. There is research to suggest that when overindulged children become adults, they can't gauge how much is enough with food, spending, boundaries in relationships. They lack skills in decision-making, money management, time management, and being self-sufficient. Now, I'm not saying that you can't or shouldn't buy your kids nice things or give them things that they want. And I'm not suggesting that tantrums mean your kid's entitled. Tantrums are developmentally appropriate during toddlerhood and even a little bit beyond that. But when your kids get older and come to expect certain things or aren't grateful for what they have, that's when the entitlement creeps in. Our culture is obsessed with trying to make our kids happy by giving them everything they want. But instead of making kids happier, it just increases their desire for more, more, more. So what can you do to prevent or reverse entitlement in yourself or your kids? I'm going to share eight ways to help your kids, and then I'm going to share an exercise for you to do for yourself. You ready? Okay, number one, teach and model basic manners. Kids under five generally don't understand why saying please and thank you is necessary. It's not that they're consciously being rude or ungrateful. It just doesn't occur to them. When you model good manners, talk about why you say please and thank you, why you say hello when someone enters a room, or why you look someone in the eye when they're talking to you. Although I've done this, I'm not big on saying, what do you say to grandpa for the present? because it just sounds so disingenuous. But I might take my daughter aside and say to her, you know, grandpa put a lot of thought into choosing that present for you. I bet he'd like to hear how much you like it. Or I bet he'd really like a thank you and a hug. So number one, teach and model basic manners. Number two, foster independence. Stop doing things for your kids that they're capable of doing for themselves. I know you want to keep them young. I know it's easier to just do it yourself and it's done correctly, but when you say, let me do that for you, kids start to expect 
that you're going to do it for them all the time. And that's a step toward entitlement. There are many times my daughters will ask, can I have a snack or a cup of water? If I'm already up and by the refrigerator, I might get it for them. But otherwise, I'll say, sure, feel free to get it yourself. Number three, stop rescuing. I want to share a story with you that just happened two weeks ago. I work at my daughter's school. And at the end of the day, I want to go home. I'm tired. They want to hang out in the science lab or with their friends And I ended up waiting around in my office, unsure of where they even are sometimes, and having to page them over the school intercom to come to the office so we can leave. I had asked them several times to be in my office by 3.45 so we could leave, and I'd expressed my frustration about this so many times. Finally, I told them that if they're not in my office by 3.45, I'm going to leave without them and they need to find a ride home. Now, we live about 30 minutes from the school, and I also said they can't call grandma. (laughs) So last week, 345 came, and Marissa wasn't in my office. So Dahlia and I left without her. Around 4 o'clock, I got a call from her friend's cell phone, and she said, Hey, uh, did you leave me? I said, Yep. And she said, Okay, uh, okay, I'll call you back. She called me back and she told me she was going to sleep at the friend's house. And I was like, no, no, nope, you're not sleeping out on a school night. You need to find a way home. So she ended up going with the friend to her drama class at a different school and then coming home a little before seven o'clock. She wanted to know if I was mad at her. And I said, no, I'm not angry at all. And I felt really good about what I had done. And so far, she hasn't been late to my office again. So here's the other thing I want to say about rescuing. Your child doesn't deserve to make the team just because he tried out. He doesn't deserve to retake a test because he did poorly. He's not owed an extension on his homework because he didn't get it done by the due date. It's not how the world works. And you are doing him a disservice by getting in his business and trying to rescue him by calling the school and having a tantrum to get special treatment. You think you're coming from a place of love, but it's really a place of entitlement and fear. Stop it. Your kids will be fine. They'll be better than fine because they'll learn something from every mistake and every failure. Okay, number four, stop giving into unrealistic demands just to keep the peace. You might be keeping your kids peace, but you're stewing inside with anger and resentment. I coach you. I know. The other day, I told Marissa that I was going to the grocery store and asked what she wanted. She gave me a list of baking products because she loves to bake. So I got everything she put on her list. And then around dinner time, she said, Mommy, I need powdered sugar. Can you go get it now? I said, Nope. I already went to Publix today and I'm not going again. So she immediately got resourceful and looked up how to make her own powdered sugar. I didn't even know you could do that. But this is what happens. They get resourceful, they get creative, or they learn for next time to make a list and check it twice. (laughs) Your kids are entitled to your love. And sometimes love sounds like no, because you can see the long-term result that they can't see. And episode 16 is all about how to say no to your kids if that's an issue for you. So I highly recommend you go back and listen to that one again. Number five, let them wait. 
Your kid sees something in the store and she wants it. Tell her to put it on her birthday or holiday list. Chances are she won't remember or even want it anymore by the time her birthday comes around. And when she does, you'll feel better about getting it for her because it's not an impulse buy. Also, waiting allows her to learn patience and authentic gratitude. Suggest that she saves up the money to buy it for herself. When she earns the money, she can appreciate the item so much more because of how hard she worked for it. Another thing you can do is to let your kids know when you practice restraint yourself. For example, one time I saw this cute pair of rain boots in the mall and I said, "Ooh, I really love those cute rain boots, but I already have a pair that I love. I don't need another one. I let my kids see that even I don't get everything I want. Number six is to cultivate gratitude. Entitled people have a hard time feeling gratitude because Instead of seeing what they have as gifts in their lives, they see them as what's owed to them. And they're constantly thinking about what they deserve but don't have, rather than appreciating what they already do have. I highly recommend doing some sort of gratitude practice in your family if you don't do one already. When Marissa was four, we started writing in a gratitude journal. Every night before bed, we'd talk about the day, and I would write down word for word what she said she was thankful for. Some examples of what I wrote were, I am thankful for when mommy let me go with grandpa on a walk and I fed almost a million ducks and birds. (laughs) I am thankful for when my sister plays with me and goes in the bath with me. I am thankful for when my family goes in the pool with me. And I am thankful for when daddy, mommy, and grandma read stories to me. I noticed that there were very few times she wrote about material things. She wrote about being thankful for some of her special stuffed animals, but mostly she expressed gratitude for the time she spent with family. Expressing gratitude is a great practice to start when kids are young. We also write thank you cards and discuss daily gratitude around the dinner table. Number seven, encourage your kids to make a contribution. So instead of always looking for what they can get, help them look for what they can give. At home, by helping out around the house, helping you make dinner, take out the trash, clean. And in the real world, by doing community service or identifying a need in their school or community that they could help solve. Number eight, stick to your values. When your child says, no one else has to do chores or everyone else has a phone, know what your family values are and stick to them. Now, this takes courage, right? It's not easy to go against the grain or take the road less traveled. But you will feel so much better about yourself when you do what you believe is right for your family. Just recently, Marissa told me that everyone stays up later than she does. I imagine that's probably true. But I know that she needs the amount of sleep that she gets, and it's important to me that she gets it. She started telling me about all her friends and what their bedtimes were. I looked her in the eye and I said, I don't care. (laughs) This is your bedtime. End of discussion. I try not to get sucked into the negotiations and the pleading. I state my limit and I walk away. Listen, when you crack down on entitlement in your family, Parenting will get harder in the short term. 
But come on, you're not entitled to easy parenting. No one is. Parenting is filled with struggle, and it's supposed to be that way. What if you learned to value the struggles? What if instead of complaining about how hard it is and indulging in self-pity, you were like, bring it on, struggle. Bring it on, discomfort. I can do this. I'm going to figure this out. I can handle it. And it'll be so worth it in the end. Okay, where are you feeling entitled? Really be honest with yourself here. I know that I've uncovered some of my own entitlement just by thinking about it for this episode. Notice what you complain about. When you think your life should be different or you think you deserve better. On a piece of paper, make a list of all the things you believe you deserve from other people. For example, you might believe that from your spouse, you deserve appreciation, loyalty, and an equal share of help around the house. From your kids, you might think you deserve respect, honesty, and cooperation. You can do this exercise for your boss, your parents, your friends. Write down all the things you believe you deserve from them, and then ask yourself, am I giving those things to myself? Now, the second list I want you to make is a list of all the things you believe you're entitled to from your life. A job that pays well and fulfills your sense of purpose. A nice house. Easy relationships. Good health. Write it all down. Then, again, ask yourself, am I actively pursuing these things or am I just expecting that life should deliver them to me? If you want something in life, you've got to go after it, not wait around for it to magically show up out of the blue. And the way to do that is to think thoughts that serve you and create the feelings, actions, and results you want. When you do this activity, really look at your answers and question your thoughts about what you believe you deserve and why. What are you grateful for and how can you create for yourself what you believe you deserve? If you'd like to talk more about how my coaching can help you create the life you want, go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini to sign up for your mini session with me. You're entitled to it for free. All right. I can't wait to speak with you. Have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you like this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.